podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Whistleblowers Daily, the show that gives you the football headlines and some concise opinion on each every weekday of the football season. I'm Mark Smith. These are your football headlines for Thursday the 3rd of November. Chelsea came from behind to conclude their successful Champions League group campaign with a 2-1 victory against Dinamo Zagreb at Stamford Bridge. Goals from Raheem Sterling and a debut goal for Dennis Zakaria gave them the points, but the result was overshadowed by a late injury to England fullback Ben Chilwell. He pulled up in stoppage time with what looked like a hamstring injury. Manager Graham Potter said, It doesn't look positive. It's a blow to see him pull up like that. It's not a great sight. Man City also came from behind to beat Sevilla 3-1 at the Etihad in their final group game. Rafa Mur gave the Spanish side the lead after half an hour, but City equalised after the break through an unlikely source. Fullback Rico Lewis became the youngest ever Champions League goalscorer at 17 years and 346 days. That's six days younger than previous record holder Karim Benzema. Julian Alvarez and Riyad Mahrez completed the scoring. And Celtic's European campaign is over for another year after they finish bottom of their group and therefore miss out on Europa League football. They lost 5-1 at Holders Real Madrid in a game that saw three penalties, two converted for Madrid and one missed for Celtic. They finished with two points from a possible 18, four goals scored and 15 conceded, but will look to bounce back in their domestic league this weekend at home to Dundee United. Those are your headlines. Let's start with Chelsea. Good result, good campaign, disappointing news about Ben Chilwell. Let's talk to Gary Hayes from the Chelsea podcast. I think the biggest thing to come from this Chelsea performance and the win was the injury to Ben Chilwell. Heartbreaking right at the end of the game. You know, just a a standard little run for the ball and he pulls a hamstring. And I saw him after as he was coming through the mix zone and um, he was hobbling on his crutches. Looked like he'd been crying or he was in a lot of pain at least. Um, I don't think we're going to see him this side of Christmas for Chelsea, obviously, or for England. Uh, which is a crying shame because you see it now too many games for these players leading into the World Cup and they're, they're dropping like flies, aren't they? You've got Reese James, obviously, at Chelsea and now Ben Chilwell. You've got Kante at the moment, which wasn't pre-World Cup, but it was the start of this season. And then you've got Son at Spurs, sort of becoming a bit of a damning indictment on this whole schedule and players that have been flogged for the last few years during COVID and then having to rush the season back. They're starting to get the sort of injuries that happen when you play too much football, soft tissue injuries, tired muscles. So um, it's a massive, massive shame to see Chilwell go through that, especially when he had his knee injury last year and he's got fit, thinking he's going to make the World Cup. And then right on the eve of the squad announcement, that happens. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. So really feel for him. But um, just looking at the game, it was very much like the group for Chelsea, wasn't it? Is that They started off slow with a, a Zagreb goal. And you put it in context of the group, they started off slow with a Zagreb defeat that led to a draw against Salzburg and the Milan games really kick-started their, their Champions League campaign. And you see here, you know, uh, slow start, and then they end up winning it 2-1 and walk away with it fairly comfortably, really. So um, it's not perfect, but I think Potter can be happy that he's uh, you know navigated this group when he came in. Chelsea were, well, it was one game without a rock bottom and they drew and they stayed rock bottom, but they turned it around and his, his first Champions League campaign, his first experience of it, and he's got Chelsea top of the group and and marching into the uh, the last 16. So um, a few more games now before the World Cup, but then hopefully he's going to have time during the you know, the four or five weeks of the World Cup to to work with players or work on systems at least and bed himself in at Chelsea. So um, it's not perfect, but I think there are signs of what he's trying to achieve and, and what Chelsea can do under him. But Arsenal at the weekend, it's going to be a different story. That was Gary Hayes from the Chelsea podcast. Available on this very network. Check that out if you're a Chelsea fan. 
OK, Man City, they beat Sevilla 3-1. The headlines of this really is the the academy prospects coming through at Man City. It's something we rarely talk about because we rarely see it, with the exception of a, a couple of players. I mean, Phil Foden clearly has established himself as a top-class player and a regular for Man City. But it's very, very difficult for players to come through the the academy and then break into a team that has the world as its oyster, that Man City can can shop wherever they want. They can get the best players in from anywhere in the world. They can pay whatever it takes. And there's only a finite number of spaces in your squad. So it's, it's very, very difficult for young players to come through and star for the first team. And most of those players, the good players, they come through and they have good careers elsewhere. And they, you know, a, a good number of them are professional footballers for an entire career, which in itself is an achievement. But it's good to see in these games where where maybe there's not as much riding on it, it is still a Champions League game. It's still a huge uh, platform for these players. So to see the likes of Rico Lewis, to see Gomez at left back, to see Palmer in midfield, that's only that's only a good thing to give them that experience. Rico Lewis becoming the youngest ever Champions League goalscorer is a great headline. It's fantastic. But now we hope that he can go on and, and play some more games for City. But you look at the players ahead of him in the pecking order at right back. For Man City, it's, it's, how are you gonna how are you gonna get through that? You know, Cancelo, okay, he can play left or right back. John Stones can play right back. Kyle Walker can play right back. The the caliber of those players, they're all top class international footballers. And Rico Lewis at seventeen coming through, he might get a few minutes. Maybe if he's lucky, he might get some action in these sorts of games. But there's very few games in a season that are uh, meaningless is the wrong word, but there's very few games that don't have high stakes. And therefore, there's very few games that he's going to be able to play in. But, you know, fair play to City. They are they are still producing good footballers and their academy is getting better and better. And it is a, it is a good academy. It's just a shame to see that they, you know, it's, it's rare that you see someone come through. Phil Foden is an exception, but he's an exceptional footballer. Let's finish then on Celtic. They are out of Europe, as we discussed yesterday with Rangers. It's a very, very difficult thing to overcome they're playing Dundee United this weekend so the domestic league the domestic action is back underway they're going to play Dundee United and I think that sort of sums it up if your competition week in week out isn't high caliber it's going to be difficult when you suddenly go and play Real Madrid or you play I mean any of these European teams they are they're on a different level largely to anything that Celtic or Rangers play week in, week out. And PSG have a similar problem where their their domestic league, they're so much better than the rest of their counterparts in France that they have very few competitive games. And so I think that's one of the reasons why as they go deeper into these competitions, they can't quite hack it because they've not they've not got that the edge that you need that comes from playing regular top, top class player, uh, teams. Now, PSG is different to Celtic and Rangers in that they have unlimited money and can attract whatever players that they want. But the combination of Celtic and Rangers not having that budget and not playing enough high-quality games in the season is is always going to be very, very difficult. There's an argument that we're not going to have today about whether they should be admitted into the English uh, system. I think that would help them. They're huge, huge clubs, which would, would... It would benefit them enormously... You know, if they're in the Premier League, for example. Um, but that's for another day. 
The point is, it's difficult for them, um, and it's a shame that neither Rangers or Celtic will be continuing in the Europa League because, as we saw last year, there is there's always a possibility of, of one of those teams going deep. Anyway, that's all we've got time for. I'll be back same time tomorrow. We'll talk about Europa League games tonight and West Ham and the Europa Conference League and anything else. I think we might have some news, hopefully, about uh, Wolves' new manager as well, so let's wait and see. All right, see you tomorrow. Podcast Network.